Welcome to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace, calling North America to repentance and revival. We're back once again at the Corner of Truth and Courage. Thank you for joining us here today. I want to continue talking to you about, about revival, some of the history that I believe that if we become familiar with what God has done in the past and not so distant of a past, that we might perhaps be desirous of God doing it again. Sometimes I think we see the wickedness in our, in our world. And let's face it, we've been praying and asking God for revival for some time, and, and he seems to be quiet. And yet, I don't believe God has decided to neglect America. I think God's hand is still upon us in some way, some shape, some form, even, uh, even in spite of our great sin. And I believe that there is an opportunity still for America to repent and to return back to God. We need, we need to realize there's, there's, there's got to be some things that need to be in order, take place in order for revival to occur. If ever there's going to be revival, revival only comes through the doorway of repentance. When God's people repent, repent of their uh, self-righteousness, repent of their falsehoods, the self-deception that they're living. I was talking about that yesterday, about in Proverbs chapter 20, eating uh, the sweet bread of deception. How is deception sweet to anybody? Well, it's only when they're deceiving themselves. No one enjoys being deceived. No one enjoys being lied to. There's no sweetness there. But we do sell ourselves uh, deception and lies that, uh, that you know, God's happy with us and that we're okay and living in the way that we are and God's accepted uh, that and happy with that. No, he's not. And we're not living the righteous life that God desires for us to live. We need to repent. We need to turn back to God. And some of the things that we have discovered when we look at the revivals of yesteryear, speaking of the first great awakening of the 1700s, 1730s and 40s, you had Whitfield, Wesley, and, and Edwards, in the moving of God upon these men. But what was the subject of their preaching? Well, it wasn't chicken soup messages. It wasn't the kind of messages that's largely being preached in America, the love of God and tickling our ears. No, they preached the holiness of God, the law of God, the righteousness of God, the justice of God, his wrath and his anger. And they preached against the enormity of our crimes and our open rebellion, our treason and our anarchy. This is what was written and recorded by those who lived uh, during that time and, and made record of what was going on. But when this was happening, finally the power of God descended upon us. And in such a way that people couldn't stand before God, they fell upon their faces, almost as if they were you know, seen as unconscious. The awakening the revelation of God's holiness was so disturbing that people couldn't stand before his presence. 
And then they saw the enormity of their crimes before God. And it caused them to tremble and fear God. Then we move forward to the 18th century and the Second Great Awakening, when we had preachers like Charles Finney, Richard Allen, Henry Beecher, Alexander and Thomas Campbell, Benjamin Randall, uh, John Redfield, and, and others, where God used them in a mighty, mighty way. I've spoken often of the Lewis Revival awakenings and uh, what was happening there off the coast of Scotland in the Hebrides Island. And the reason why I speak about it is because I have just a little bit of contact. I, I met a person who uh, was a, uh, a little child at the time, and she had memories of what had happened during this time. Now, if it wasn't that long ago, I mean, it was in the 1950s, and, and she spoke of, of, uh, of the moving of God let me read to you from uh, Lewis Campbell, the actual preacher that God had used in a mighty, mighty way there. And here's uh, his record, and you can listen to it. We've played it for you, portions of it on our broadcast in the past, and maybe next week I might um, make some plans to do it again. But let me read to you the text, and of course now, if you listen to his actual recording, he has a very, very strong Scottish accent. The brogue is very sometimes hard to tune your ear in if you're not used to it in a bit of mixture of Gaelic in as he speaks there but let me read to you from the transcript of of his testimony and he uses this expression when God stepped down when God stepped down and I think that it's um, important for us to to understand that expression and it's an important expression and when God hovers over us, steps down, and, and, and brings his presence amongst us there, oh, that is the moving of revival. Now, uh, I'm going to, it's a little bit lengthy and read this, but I think it's important. that There was a desire for revival. And what happened is that these uh, two old ladies had come to their pastor, Pastor McKay, or Mackay is how it sounded in the Gaelic, and and, uh, and, and they wanted, were seek, they were praying and seeking for revival. The, the pastor said, you know, because these two old ladies, one named Peggy, and I can't remember the other name right now, but uh, she, um, the, she and her sister, elderly ladies, were praying in their parlor in the front room from 10 o'clock at night till 4 o'clock in the morning seeking God for revival. And they did this on Tuesdays and Fridays. And and uh, now why they did it at these times, I don't know. But the pastor said, well, if you'll do that, I'll gather the men and we'll do it. And let me read to you. And the praying and the meetings continued for several nights until one night a very remarkable thing happened. They're kneeling amongst the straw in the barn and in the barn of a farmhouse when suddenly one young man rose to, to his feet and read of Psalm 24. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessing of the Lord. And he shut his Bible. And then looking down at the minister and at the other men who were kneeling there, he said this rather crude words, not so crude in Gaelic, but this is what he said. Brethren, 
It seems to me just so much humbug to be praying as we're praying and in waiting as we're waiting if we ourselves are not rightly related to God. He began to pray, lifting his hands. God, are my hands clean? Is my heart pure? And that dear man got no farther. He fell to his knees and then onto his face among the straw. The moment that, that happened, the barn in the barn, a power was let loose in Barvis that shook the whole of Lewis. I say it shook Lewis. God stepped down. The Holy Spirit began to move among the people. And the minister writing about what happened on the following morning said this, You met God on meadow in moorland. You met him in the homes of the people. God seemed to be everywhere. These kinds of testimonies are consistent of the first awakening, the second awakening, and other great revivals that we have studied and have record of the moving of God. But I want you to notice a few things. Number one, they prayed. They prayed and sought the face of God. I'm here to tell you that revival will never come unless God's people are seeking his face and calling out to God for revival. Another thing that we must recognize is this young man said so correctly, you know, we could be praying and waiting, but nothing's really going to happen unless we're rightly related with God. And he looked to Psalms 24, Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? And as the scriptures read, He that hath clean hands, he that hath a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul into vanity, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessing of the Lord. See, my friends, if we're going to have revival, we need to come and repent. As I said earlier in this broadcast, if we ever hope to have revival, revival only comes through the doorway of repentance. In order to bring and push the silken thread of revival into the heart of man, there must be a needle to break through the heart, to bring in that silken thread of revival, and that piercing needle is repentance. My friends, it's when you and I fall on our knees and we confess our sins before God, our enormities of, of our crimes, and stop playing a facade, stop trying to sell ourselves and God the deceit that we, the, the bread of deceit that we keep feeding ourselves, that we're all right with God when we're not, that things are, uh, are, are good in our heart and our relationship is as it should be when it's not. My friends, we've got to stop deceiving ourselves and we've got to realize God sees our heart. We're not fooling him. We may be fooling ourselves. We may be fooling others. We may be fooling our preacher. We may be fooling uh, our spouses, but we're not going to fool God. And when we start getting truly honest and real, that's when God will get real 
with us. Oh, my friends, we need a revival. We need, like they did in the past, become dissatisfied with how things are in the present. These people in Lewis, they recognize that things are not right, and they needed to change. They were dissatisfied with the present, and they began to pray for a change. They desired, number one, they they were dissatisfied with the present. Number two, they desired a change. Then they diligently petitioned heaven, and they had a definite belief that God would grant their request. They prayed with belief. They reminded God in their prayers that he was a covenant-keeping God, that he was bound to keep his covenants. And they reminded God of his covenants that he would bring blessing and revival to those who diligently sought him for it. And I'm here to tell you that if we have a definite belief in God, that he would grant our request. This is why I say that revival is a prayer way. But God is looking for vessels. He's looking for people that he could fall, send down his Holy Spirit, the power of the Spirit of God, to fall upon man and to do a mighty work. Would you begin praying for it? Are you there dissatisfied with the present? desiring a change? Will you diligently petition heaven and have a definite belief that God would grant our request? I pray that you would. That's going to be it for today and for this weekend. Join us again next Monday at the Corner of Truth and Courage. God bless you.